1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW route prohibited by law. See terms and
0: conditions 18 plus. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the 49er Basketball Poppers in about 730 the game. I'm back, uh, not with Jeremy this time. Jeremy's on his way to Florida, so I wish him safe travels. But we got the man, the myth, the legend, the Cannonballers uh, on field entertainment guy, the Charlotte 49ers color analyst, Trevor Will. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. And I know it won't be as good as Jeremy.
1: Uh, he's going to go down and enjoy the Florida sun. But uh, we'll, we'll do our best to hold it down here in North Kakalaki.
0: Yeah, man. So let's just jump right into some recent thoughts on the uh, 49ers' run they're on, um, you know, winning their last three, four games. So just what's your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, of course. We've seen the emergence of a few different guys each and every night, and I think that's the biggest thing for this team and the biggest takeaway is that, yes, Bryce Williams can go off, but Ali Khalifa can go off. We've seen uh, seen a Trey Gibson end up going out there and scoring some points for you, some big-time shots. And I think late in the ballgame, man, they're just finding a way to score, and they're finding a way to score after getting stops. And I think that's the biggest difference – between the Charlotte 49er basketball team over the last two weeks. Um, and then whenever you compare them to earlier is that they were getting the stops earlier. I mean, dude, think about it. They've only had, well, I think one or maybe two teams all year long get up to what they average on the season and points per game against the Charlotte defense. But Charlotte's been struggling to score, but now they're turning the defense into offense. They're getting out transition. We've seen Zay folks come in do some great things. Nick Graves even come in. So some flashes in there as well. So, it, it, we've seen a lot of guys. Dude, Trey Gibson. Dude's got a trigger finger right now. I mean, he's just letting it go. And uh, we're we're seeing some guys play a little bit different roles, and it looks like they're they're finding their role late in late in the season, which is always the best thing to do.
0: Yeah, I wrote a recent piece for uh, Agent Forty Nine. It was one of my column pieces, and I just said, you know, are the Forty ers turning the corner again? Because you know, it seemed when they were eleven and three early in the year. Um, really playing with a sense of urgency, you know, winning ball games, winning close ball games, but then, the, you know, they kind of fell off late December, that January spurt, a little, little shaky. But now they're winners of their last four, so just have they turned the corner again? And what do you think on that?
1: Yeah, I, I think so as well, man. I think that a big piece of the puzzle is that Igor Milicic, and I think that he has to be good. He has to be playing well for Charlotte to play. Well, I know that sounds kind of weird, and it's like, oh, Trevi, you may not even be that big of a player right now. Well, you know who was whenever we were, what, 11-3 at the time? It was Igor Milicic cool. because, guys, he's six foot ten, can shoot the ball, can defend the five, can defend the four. Heck, he can defend two through – that kid is an elite defender, and he's an elite scorer as well. He can score in a multitude of ways. He's one of our best finishers at the rat at the beginning of the season. When, whenever he got sick, man, that was big. And you just you just alluded to that that December, January. That's when it was. Whenever we played UAB, and I know we're gonna get to that in just a moment. But him and Jackson went down, and then of course Jackson after that Davidson game, he went on a hot stretch for about five or six games. But again, he never really kind of got back up to speed, and I don't think Igor did either. They truly never got back up to speed um, with things again offensively. It just it, the touch wasn't exactly there. Speed might have been, but just the touch. Uh, wasn't there and so what we've seen lately that again they've just been moving the ball a lot more which is nice and they're kind of getting back to what they were doing before and passing the basketball we see a lot of that with LaKai Patterson now he almost came over almost found this this guy in, in him where he's like hey I got I got to be the guy late in the game man we have so many guys that can make shots late in the game. And so it's it's nice to see what Charlotte is doing now, getting back to moving the basketball. And they're playing just a good brand of basketball. I think uh that compares to what they were doing early on in the season.
0: I think one of Charlotte's big advantages is the fact they have big muscular guards. I mean, yeah, Montre is only five ten, five eleven on a good day, but I mean him and Lakai both, I mean they got some they got some muscle to them. I mean I asked Lakai after he had fifteen in that second half, I was like, you yeah, know, did you put a little extra extra work in, in the weight room this week, so, I mean he just took over that second half. He's like, All right, this guard's smaller. I'm just going to bully him. I'm going to get to where I want to go. And he just did it. And he was the catalyst in that second half. So yeah. those two guards, man, they are, they are awesome. And I mean, like you said, Nick Graves, um, I hope, you know, Dalen Berry starts to emerge a little bit. But uh, Nick Graves shows a lot of promise.
1: Oh, I think so too, man. And again, I- Isaiah Foltz has been the X Factor, right? I mean, he's the true X Factor. The guy, like, I think for the team to be great, and to compete against the UABs, the North Texas, the bigger teams, day in and day out and over a three-game span, Igor is going to have to be able to step up and and be that guy, especially now with Josh Aldridge out uh, all year long, um, likely. So I think that uh, having guys like that – but, dude, Isaiah Fultz, man, he's He's part of that that big body. Yeah, he's part of that big body. Guys, I mean, they they see themselves as running backs and fullbacks going through the lane. Dude, I I used to play Xbox 360 – and I used to press B, in the spin move, yeah. that's all Isaiah Folks does, man. And once you think the spin move's coming, he'll reverse it, and he'll just go right over top of you and try to slam it down. And, dude, his X factor, his energy, um, it just goes across everybody else on the court, uh, on offense, and uh, more importantly, defense. And, yeah, he, he's been turning the ball over a little too much. And, again, that's just him being young. He's He went from averaging just a few minutes a game last year, and now he's running the point. Uh, for one of the top teams of Conference USA, top five team of Conference USA. So uh, for him, I think there's a lot to grow, but learning from Lakai, although him and Lakai are basically the same age, learning from Trey, although he doesn't speak so much, he goes by example. He's diving on the floor, going through the air like Clark Kemp. It's just what he does, man. He doesn't talk much. He's just a grinder. Trey Gibson is a glue guy that you need on your team, and it's been a lot of fun to watch all three of those guys progress, and again, seem like, oh, is Lakai degressing? No, he's not. He's just taking a different role, and now he's figuring out what his role is, is coming off the bench, being a spark plug. And that's what him and Zay, they talk about with each other. They're very candid with each other, very open, and they're like, hey, this, you're going to come off the bench, you're going to provide a spark for us, Lakai, and I'm going to start, I'm going to get things going. But as soon as I get done, they're going to know who Lakai Patterson is too. And th- they, love, they love each other. They have a great, great bromance.
0: Yeah, the biggest step forward that I've seen in Zay's game is his three-point shot. I mean, last year, people would kind of wince when he'd take a three. This year, it's like, okay, I mean, take it. I mean, he's he's making them more consistently now. And I mean, the, the dude's got bunnies, and I'm not talking about missed layups. I'm talking about that man's got some legs. He can jump out of the gym, dude. He can, man. He didn't skip uh, leg
1: day. He doesn't skip calf races like I did back in high school. I can tell you that much. And, dude, yeah, Zay, he loves to get up, but now he's making a smart play. And he told us in the, in one of our post-game interviews that we do with myself and Matt Swearad, and he's like, hey, you know what? I've I've gotten blocked on too many dunks. I've missed too many dunks. And now if a dunk is open, awesome. If I can throw something down and get everybody juiced up, I'm going to do it. But the smartest play is making the smart play for my team. If I have to lay the ball up, I'll do that. If I have to throw up a little five-foot floater, I'll do that. Or if I need to pass it off. And so we're seeing the maturity of him uh, big time. But, yeah, he's – a He's a a thick boy, and, uh, man, he could could get up there for sure.
0: we got two games left on the regular season. Let's talk about UTSA. I I don't like to overlook a team by any stretch of the means, but you would think this should be a win in the win column. But Charlotte seemed to struggle a little bit on the road. Um, So what does Charlotte need to do to win this one? Yeah, man. So, again, yeah, they've been struggling on the road, I guess you could look at all season long. But, again,
1: as of lately, man, won a couple straight on the road, feeling good. The defense is traveling, which has been even tough for Ron Sanchez team's in the past where they may have may not have traveled as much, but dude, this year again, they're traveling every single game. I mean, opposing teams are struggling to score every single game. And they go on some big spurts. And uh yeah, I think that this is a UTSA team that's what won, won uh, two of the last four games they've played. They've beat a couple good teams. Again, they got uh they're they're getting healthy at the right time. They got some different guys kind of emerging uh that you may not have saw early in the year and They'll have a deep bench. Well, I mean, heck, they've been bringing off Jacob Germany off their bench, and he's their he's their top guy. I mean, he's got a few doubles. He's got over five double doubles on the year. He's the top offensive rebounder conference USA. He's the number one rebounder in total over even Trey Jemison of UAB when it comes just to conference USA. Just opponents, eight point eight eight, I believe, rebounds per game. Again, he's been playing really well. Uh, again, just a guy who can really do it all for the team. He doesn't shoot threes, but dude, they got some guys like what John Bugs, the third. The guy is just an all time shooter, one of the best in all of Conference USA. He even got an emergence of DJ Richards, a little freshman from Houston, Texas. And man, I love his game. I was just checking out my notes. I said, man, we'll get better with time. Like his game. Watch out. I think he can be good going forward. Not a physical specimen, just 6'5, 180, little freshman, true freshman. But man, he can give you a little bucket here and there. They got a few guys, man, that can that can play again. A, a game where Charlotte should go on the road and win. Yes, like that is that is something you can never guarantee that in college basketball. Um, just because life, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, But I think this is a team, and DJ Richards. I think this is a team, and John Bugs a third, and the rest of their squad. I mean, they're going to come out to play. And maybe you can say they don't have much to play for, but that could be something. They're like, you know what? Let's come out and play freely. And this is their last game of the year. Charlotte's got a quick game against UAB, but I think for Charlotte, you come out, you just keep doing what you're doing. Come out first four minutes. It's been real hot. Make that halftime adjustment and keep going from there, man. Charlotte, it looked great the last four games. And UTSA again, going to be a tough team. I mean, they're not they're they're no uh, they're no cakewalk. They've they've competed uh, here lately, so. Um, I I think it could be interesting, but again, as Charlotte is uh,
0: the better team in my eyes. You mentioned making those adjustments at halftime. What does Charlotte need to do? Because I know um, I'll shout out Rob Dibble, the the Normby Lance. He always posts after a game the the flat lines that Charlotte has. You know, on the on the game progression. So what does Charlotte need to do? To yeah, they're holding the teams. They're forcing other teams to have those flat lines in their scoring. But what does Charlotte need to do during those you know defensive stance to continue scoring and stretch that lead out rather than you know, you see both flatline at the same time.
1: It happens. And I I keep up with his tweet every <laughs> single game. I go back and I go through Twitter, as everyone knows. I'll go back and scroll through Twitter, check out everyone's responses. I always see that tweet. We all look at it. I think probably even the coaches and the players even look at it. And, yes, it does stink. And if you look at it across America, all other teams are doing it as well. But, of course, we want to look at it us because we should, right? This is our team, and this is who we feel – Uh, so prideful about and so with that being said yes it does stink whenever the team doesn't score for four to five minutes and I think again looking for that big time shot even if it's one shot that goes in is is huge whenever you just look in the grand scheme of things we're like all right over the last four minutes awesome can you try to get to the free throw line to get a few points that helps as well I think having like high Patterson having that chip on his shoulder in the second half has been kind of big. I mean, what, he's played over 30 minutes, I think three or four straight games, three of the four games that he hasn't started. He's been playing most of the second half, and he's been getting to the free throw line, coming in with a little chip on his shoulder, not taken for granted being that starter. And I think in the second half, the Niners here lately – yeah, they've gone on some spurts where not they haven't scored, but they're able to get to the free throw line when they when they really need to. But again, I think it all goes back to the defensive spot where you don't just play defense; you turn the defense into offense because that's what good defensive teams do. They're able to do that, and we understand it is a, it's a slower pace offense that Charlotte runs. They want to wait for Ali to get down the court, set things up because he is their four general. He truly is, and yes. Isaiah Foulkes is. Yes, Lakai. Yes, Trey is. But in the grand scheme of things, whenever Ali Khalifa has the ball in his hand, the whole world is at ease. It it, it feels good. So, again, turning that defense into offense is really big for Charlotte, and and I think that's where you got to get those stops. Whenever you get them, if, if they're learning here lately, get down the court whenever Isaiah's on the floor, get to it. Whenever Bryce's on the floor, if we got a stop and you got a two on three, Take advantage of it, and they've been doing that here lately to help create some of those, uh, help not create some of those five, six, seven, eight-minute scoring goals that we've seen this season.
0: Yeah, and so turning defense into offense—that's a good segue to the UAB game. We're going to need to turn defense into offense against this team because they got Jordan Jelly Walker, man. He—I don't know if he's still leading the NCAA in points, but I mean the dude puts up twenty-five to thirty any given night, every night. So just, I mean, they clipped us seventy-six to sixty-eight in the first meeting in the first game of conference. But what I mean, a lot changes in three months. So what's uh what's gonna be the difference this time around? Yeah, a lot changes. And of course, in that game, we found out
1: just the night before that Igor wasn't gonna be able to play in the Jackson threadgill. You know, he was uh basically throwing up before after he was felt technically felt better. was 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 negative for everything and was, was just Uh, going through something. They flew him down. He got there like an hour and before. But anyways, you have all that kind of going into it where the team was so like, they were like, man, what's going on right now? And so it was a lot. I mean, Dalen Berry got in there. He played like 10 or so minutes, had a couple turnovers right away. Didn't really know our team. UAB, they knew their team at that Mm -hmm. time. They knew what they were going to be. They know Jelly Walker. They know Trey Jefferson. They know Buffin. They know all their guys are going to come off and be some real uh, uh, top talent for them. So Charlotte, again, Charlotte's now coming into their own. They've been a new team. So I think it's really, um, really big for Charlotte that they're a brand new basketball team. I feel like they're a whole different team than they were whenever they played them three months ago. And I know as soon as that game ended, me and Matt swear at it, me and the rest of the. I feel like the coaches and players like, man, we can't wait to play those those cats uh, back <laughs> there in Charlotte to end the season. It's going to be a lot of fun. and. But dude, Jelly Walker, that <laughs> kid is a walking bucket. I want a Nation to stink and come out, support, getting that dude. His nickname is Jelly, for goodness sake. Guys, if y'all need some any more fuel to your fire, go ahead. There's plenty of jokes that could go out there uh against Jelly Walker. So I think for Charlotte, um, again, to come out to they're gonna have to really compete on the boards. Trey Jemison, KJ Buffin, those guys that get after it on the offensive glass. They have a few other guys. Um, that are able to. They have some veterans that they come off the bench. They have three, four-year starters that now come off the bench, just because they have all these guys under Andy Kennedy now. He just brought in all these big-time SEC players and transfers, and it's okay. That's I mean, it's a way to do it right now, and he's done it in a great way. And I think again, Charlotte. These this is a game that against North Texas, we played really well defensively. We hit big shots. You got to have more things go your way than not. And North Texas, are they a better team than Charlotte all season long? Yes, they have been. Is that saying they can't win? I think I said that on a podcast or something like that, of that nature, kind of going into the game. I'm like, yeah, North Texas, they've been a better team all year long, but can Charlotte win? Heck yeah, they can if they put together the right game. Against UAB, I think UAB, they're the most, probably the likely, them and I think Western Kentucky. Two most talented teams on paper. And Conference USA, of course, down there with FAU as well. But West Kentucky, falling down a little bit. And now we're seeing UAB, uh, their rise. But they have nights where, dude, they'll give up 95 points or 91 points to a team and just barely squeak by them. So Charlotte's defense, it's remained constant. Charlotte's offense, that's going to be the biggest thing against UAB. And they don't feel like they need to keep up with them. That's a big thing. It's, hey, don't play into what UAB has. You're at home. Your defense has been doing well. You play your game. Make UAB play your game. And I think if Charlotte does that, you give them uh, give them, uh, them them a really good chance of winning that ball game.
0: Well, you said it better than I could. So let's give some game predictions, and then we'll kind of wrap this up. So, you know, Jeremy and I always do this. Trevor, I'll put you on the hot seat and let you go first. I won't score predictions for both games, um, win and loss, obviously, and then I'll follow. Okay. Man, this is good right here. I like this. I do, Whenever you guys
1: do this, I'm like, man, this is – this is their bold prediction right here. Uh, so UTSA, um, again, scoring on the road, not the easiest thing to do, although we, of course, put up, what, 48 points uh, down there, what, Louisiana Tech, wherever it was, just a couple weeks ago in the first half, um, but then winning that low in the second half. I think if Charlotte, um, I-, I would love for them to to get to that 60, 68, we'll say 68, and hold in uh, UTSA to – We'll say 68 to, to 58. Uh, I think Charlotte can have a, a pretty solid victory um, uh, against UTSA. Again, a, a pretty solid scoring team. Um, but, and they're going to be at home. Again, it's going to be their senior day as well. So they're going to have a lot to play for. But I think Charlotte's defense, man, has just been really hitting the uh, the right spot here lately. And anytime Charlotte gets that 70-point range, I know it's a little bit different uh, nowadays. But, man, once you can get there, I feel really confident, in Charlotte. Um,
0: do you want me to go ahead and do UAB, or do you want to go first, UTSA? Well, yeah, I'll go UTSA. I'm um, kind of wishing I'd have gone first now because our scoring margins are pretty similar. I've got Charlotte seventy-one to fifty-nine. So there we go. I, that's what I had, you know, all week. Um, I I just think, like you said, the defense gets it done, and the offense doesn't have quite so many, you know, flat lines per se. And you know, we just we just get it done. Take a yeah. first half lead, and you know, go wire to wire first half, win the second half too.
1: I like that. Yeah, I believe in that as well. And uh, so we got UAB now, right? Oh yeah. Here we go. All right. So UAB. um, This is gonna be a tough one. This is gonna gonna be a tough game right here. And uh, so I'll give you. I'll give. Go ahead and give you both scenarios. And I think. I think Charlotte can win this game because there's going to be a lot on the line. And again, hoping that Charlotte is able to get it done against UTSA. That would be the 19th win. Hey, coming home. Senior day, looking to get 20 wins for the first time in a long, long time. Hopefully in front of a big crowd. I think the juice can be there. I think the energy can be there. I think that getting that revenge game that everyone talks about from three months ago can be there. I think Charlotte can come out victorious, and I believe they will. And so, you know, I'll just give you the one score. I I think Charlotte's going to win this ballgame. Again, what UAB's been doing, they're a flat-out great team. They truly are. But Charlotte? They have these spurts where they can compete and they can beat these great teams. And this is what Ron Sanchez has been wanting. This is going to be one of the biggest games, um, at least just for some momentum's sake, I guess you could say for him. And a little statement win uh, for Charlotte kind of going into the tournament and hopefully not have the one and done that they've had for, what, over 10 straight years now. So I think Charlotte... Um, let's go again. I I don't think this is going to be a game where we're going to be scoring in the 80s. I think if if UAB gets the 80s and they win this ballgame, but I think Charlotte can hold it down. So we'll say I'm going to go. I'm going to say 70. I'm going to say 71, 69, 71, 69, Charlotte. Um, I I say they win the ballgame.
0: All right. Well, here's here's what I got. 68-66, 68-66 Bryce Williams with a buzzer beater with us tied up at 66. to win walk off send Halton into a frenzy.
1: Mm, come on,
0: man. hey, if they're doing that, myself Cam
1: Williams, we're storming the court. Uh we're doing what uh Harry Higgs and all those guys did on uh, number what 16-17 at, yeah. uh, at the at the at the waste management man, just shirts off and everything. But uh it's <laughs> the buzzer beater down there. Come like, <laughs> <in> this 116 <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The credential the credential taken away for forever, but the time that you get right there would be would be glorious, man. I I just hope that that people show up for that game. I know that kids are on the road right now, spring break, but it's gonna be an awesome game. UAB Jelly Walker preseason conference USA play of the year, preseason conference USA team of the year. They got Andy Kennedy, former uh big time coach of the year as well. And the SC, come on now. What's better than that? And hopefully for the 20th win. So again, it starts with the U and then and then, and then UAB. But I, I like how, as fans, uh, we can sometimes take off the credential and be like, hey, let's be fans for a second. And I think those two scores, man, they could really come to be. And I, I think it's going to be uh, an awesome week uh, to to be a Charlotte 49er fan.
0: Yeah, no doubt, man. And, again, I really appreciate you coming on this pod. It's uh, giving us the time warning. Got to love a uh, non-pro Zoom. Uh, yeah, exactly. My exactly. man Jeremy's got the Zoom pro, so we had like a 50-minute discussion with Cedric Maxwell. I was about to
1: say, man, that one was Cedric Maxwell, that was – that was beautiful. Hey, I have a signed hat of Cedric Maxwell that's that sits in the back of my car and I touch it before every single game day. And he signed it my my sophomore year whenever he came back or junior year whenever he came back. I got one of my buddies to do it because I was technically calling the game. And I got him to to get Cedric Maxwell to call it for him or to, to sign it for him, man. I love it. It's a 70s hat that I have uh with Norm on it. Man, I I that you guys, the podcast was great. I love the coverage of Charlotte 49er basketball. Uh, with you guys and and just really excited uh, for the future uh, here in Charlotte and hopefully the future
0: uh, of this season. Yes, sir, man. And so this has been another episode of the 49er Basketball Pod. We'll catch you all later.